the Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed, produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva Renner. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at MN Football Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. Welcome to another edition of the Minnesota Football Show. It is the day after qualifiers or two, right? No, we actually have qualifiers, World Cup qualifiers going on. It's It's been a heavily emotional weekend for soccer fans who are trying to see if their teams will qualify for a world cup. I am joined by my famous colleagues, Eric and Bridget. How are you guys doing today? All right. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean any, any day above 10 degrees in February exactly. feels like 45 degrees. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yep. Like I went outside to look, I went out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I went outside we with the dogs bonfire yesterday like yeah i saw it time, time to go outside that's right yeah you, did you send that picture to family in brazil and they'll be like you're crazy uh <laughs> i'm sure some of them saw it but no anything below zero is just it doesn't make any sense to them. anything so, below uh, 32 degrees fahrenheit is... yeah yeah that's what i mean zero, zero celsius so when i send them like negative 35 negative 40 celsius which is pretty at that point it starts to even out even between mm-hmm. Celsius and Fahrenheit. They're just like this is meaningless. Doesn't mm-hmm. does, does not, not compute. compute. Yeah. Corey Shrippel. <laughs> Corey Shrippel, friend of this podcast, um, um, is actually um documented his trip to Concepcion the other day because he actually mm-hmm. went down to Chile to meet with his family. And his brother in law, um, there Concepcion has a team, got him a a like this purple type of like kit that they had from last year from the Concepcion team, but the sponsor is a plumber. So, awesome. um, so like it's like the toilet kit, that's what we call it the yeah. toilet kit. <laughs> and it's, it, it doesn't look too bad, I'll tell you that much. It's right? a nice I mean, shade of <clears throat> it's got that, it's got that Prince purple type of feeling of it, right? You know, mm-hmm. but yeah. You know, I um, to to do a, to do a really be- mean spirited joke. I, I I told them that probably the supporting groups would be called La Cagada. So <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> I like it. I like it. It's good. So yeah, good good use of the the poop emoji can pop. I know exactly. Well. <laughs> it's like there's so many options. You know, you know yeah. what makes me mad is that he sent me a picture that he's drinking Cusqueña. And I was like, Cusqueña beer. And I was like, Cusqueña beer is Peruvian. You're drinking Peruvian beer in Chile. I said, that's, 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 a, that's amazing. I said, I like that. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of amazing, let's, let's just lead this thing off with the big news around here locally, which is uh, MN Woso no longer being MN Woso. We, we got an official name uh, through the three of us and, and thousands of others that voted. Uh, Minnesota Aurora FC is now in existence. It is the, the dopest of the logos. I think we all kind of agreed on that months ago. I mean, it is a ridiculously sweet, sweet crest shield. Um, yeah, the shield I, I, is I, great. 
I still have my reservations about how this is going to come out in chance, just with all those vowels. But that's right, Bridget, exactly. <laughs> Aurora. <laughs> but but having said that, it, it's one of the coolest damn shields. It's it's so sweet. So very cool. Very. Cool. We can definitely work around it. Yeah. yeah. Find a way. Uh, all I know is that the supporter group, uh, Revontulet, um hates me already just because I keep on making pun references and dad jokes about uh, using Revon Toulette, like the Revon Toulette will not be televised type of thing. Right. And so like, um, yeah, I think, I think Ash is pretty, uh, pretty <laughs> upset with like, me. Right. You know, stop doing that. I was like, I was like, I can't, it's like perfect. Right. It's like, it's not, it sounds really? French, but it's not even French. And so like, I get, I get this whole French thing stuck on me and I don't, and I shouldn't, but it's just, I just, there's just so many, you know. Yeah, and Rod, Rod goes into his whole Les Mis. Yes, I do. Yes. <laughs> da, 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 da. Um, so there's been some pop-up shops. Uh, there's already been a few that have happened, but I mean, yesterday they're at La Doña uh, and then Joy the People. Today there's a Blackheart selling merch, selling scarves, yeah. selling shirts. Uh, I know Rodrigo, maybe you're probably the one of the three of us that has merch. I don't know, Bridget, if you've made it out. I, I have not been able to. I haven't gone um, out, but I did. Uh, I got on before the website crashed. Uh, <laughs> there were a lot of people on there at one time. Um, yeah. But I managed to snag a couple t-shirts uh, nice. before things went crazy. Yeah, so. no, I, I, I'm hoping... I'm hoping to get some. We haven't gotten any. Um, um, but hold yeah. on a sec. You, you were the superstar in the promo video. Uh, did you not get a, a, a scarf or something like that? It's a promo video, my friend. Think about oh, that. so there's nothing in there. I, I, I thought maybe you, you guys actually got it. So did, let me ask you this. Now that it's out, did you know the result? Did you know the name at that point? No, we didn't know until okay. we opened the box. The really crappy box that Westbrook down didn't really think <laughs> about using. <laughs> he gives okay. a hard time about using that, the box, but nobody knew. Tweet, nobody knew. He didn't realize it, the box would be visible. Quiet. That, that's hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think uh, video, yeah, the unboxing, <laughs> this really a bad unboxing video. Yeah, right on, but, right on. Okay, no, cool. we we didn't know, we didn't know. I mean, um, literally, I think I was the only one in this household. It may be Santi that um, we like the polar bear, right? Just because I'm a Saint Paul guy, I have pictures of the polar bears at Como Zoo. That's just I don't know. I like polar bears. <laughs> Sue me, right? I like panda bears and I like sea otters as well too, like and corgis, you know, those type of animals. And then and and the capi capybara. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Capybaras are like the greatest thing on Instagram. It's like I love those love the Instagram posts that they, they do with them. They bring me great joy. They bring good joy. It's like it's yep. like the Zen moment. Anyways. Yep. But no, I mean I think me and everyone else was uh Aurora. And I think that was, you know. I mean the it's colors cool. are great. I was really happy to learn that uh, Amanda, uh, Christopher uh, Sheed's wife, uh, designed a scarf who's also designed a scarf for Red Loons. So that's, yeah. Oh, sweet. Very cool. So that's super cool. I really love that. And um, I'm, I'm looking forward to when they have more material that's with the crest. Like, I love to have a beanie just with the crest on it. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's my, probably when my pockets will open up. And, and, and I can't wait to get a kit. That's what I want to see. Because people keep saying to me, that the kit is the uh, is the is a wonderful thing. If you notice in the promo, and this is a funny thing uh, that we that we laugh about in this household. Uh, apparently, Nubia uh, has finally, after eighteen years of marriage, changed 
20 years of marriage has changed, has changed your last just, name. Just walked into that one. Yeah. <laughs> 20 years of 20 years changed your last name to Sanchez Esparza. She's no longer Nubia Esparza. She is Sanchez Esparza. And that's the only tidbit of fun things that, well, that, that is not true. Until you forgot how long <laughs> Bridget. Good luck with that. <laughs> She's changing well played. it back right now. Well played. Oh, yeah. Just right there for the taking. I'm glad you grabbed it. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I left um, it right there for you guys to just walk right in. Go for it. Yep, yep. So my my student, one of my guitar students in Omaha is is a superstar youth player and I think at some point I might surprise her and get her a shirt or something like that. Cause she's been following it as well. And she's super into it. My, of course my children can care less, but I think it'd be fun to. Oh, I can't wait till Dorali, we take Doralise to a game. Maybe. And she, and she gets, she gets excited about just saying heckling. I just want to see Doralise heckling. <laughs> she's she's uh, so like soft-spoken, right? I just want her to see just, that's the whole thing I want to see. Like when I yeah. saw Santi heckle, at Allianz, when his sisters were playing, like that was like the epimus of like a proud soccer yeah. parent moment. It, it, it's like, funny what? that you think she's soft spoken because that's not the way it is around well, here. I mean, like I, every I, time and I you've, <laughs> and you've seen her poetry, there's there's some darkness in that girl. <laughs> it, that depends on the type of uh, magnets that you have, poetry what? magnets that you have. That's, yeah. that's the thing of it. Like, I was yeah. gonna say, she, I, I'll get her something up. I'll get her on that fridge door. So I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's. I'm not sure if she knows who Edgar Allan Poe or Emily Dickinson are, but she's she's doing a very good job. No, that's, like, a, that's a good. That's a good poem. Combining I'll tell you that much. That's a good poem. Perfect. <laughs> um, all right, let's transition to uh, Minneapolis City. I'll start with a correction. I actually messed up last week, um, and I, I put out that conference schedule, and I said it was Minneapolis Two. I apologize. It was actually Minneapolis City in USL League Two. I think I just read it wrong in my notes or got screwed up. Um, so the big news there is home opener has been announced for Minneapolis City in USL League Two, uh, and they are playing uh, the current champions, Des Moines Menace, uh, here in, uh, at, uh, at Augsburg. So that'll be fun. That'll be a really good match. I'm sure it'll be a really tough match. It's kind of a big one to start the whole thing off. But, what? you know, take, take on the, the champions and punch them in the face, right? Start, What's the start date again? Off big. Uh, May eighth. May eighth. Okay. Yep. All right. Good. Um, no. Um, I just wanted to say that we have reached out to uh, Coach Matt of Minneapolis City, and, and cool. apparently, um, if you follow the Minnesota Football Show, uh, late night drunk soccer <laughs> taxi seems to be the the in thing, uh, where everyone jumps on your thread and no one really makes any sense. But beautiful. From from what we gather, uh, Matt will be asking. Asking me questions about Liverpool, and I will have additional questions about him and Salvo. So we'll apparently have some sort of exchange. Uh, are we going to are we going to do this on the program, or is this going to be a separate thing with just the two of you? No, I think it's going to be in the program. So awesome. Are, yeah. So we we'll try uh, to either get an interview. Zeller, or... Zeller was submitting some questions for this official uh-huh. interview. Oh wow! Most okay. Have to most of them have to do with Rodrigo um, and Newcastle. So. Surprise, right? Um, yeah, but. Uh, they will be announcing technical staff this week, I believe. So he's head coach, and then we'll find out um, who is officially assisting with the first team this season and, and so on. Very cool. So, yeah. so let me repeat that one more time. So May 8th at Edward Nelson there at Augsburg, 
taking on current champions, Demoy Menace. It'll be a fun one. I, I'm very excited for that, actually. Um, all right. I will throw to you two esteemed colleagues for Minnesota United stuff. Chacon, Rodrigo, time to cry. Uh, oh, God. So here's the thing, right? Like we, we've known for a very long time that uh, Tomas Chacon wasn't um, one of the players that um, Heath really thought that could flourish, right? This is a um um geez. who was the manager at the 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 ah I can't forget his name. Um I want to say Lagos. No, Lagos. Lagos picked him literally, right? Lago had Manny has that connection with the Uruguayan community, you know, stuff. And so like so there was a lot of questions, you know, about would he would he able to adapt X, X Y and Z whatever? Regardless, you know this is you know a failed uh, young DP signing. I still had hope that because we had a Minnesota Minnesota United uh, two, that there would be hope to have the young player play on that and and, and see that. But um, reports from Andy Greeter and uh, Jerry Z were all about that they were buying out his contract. And after hearing Heath pretty much just say that, you know, they had he, they had hopes and did some things, but he just didn't they didn't uh, were, weren't able to get him to to adapt and, and perform the way that they wanted to. And then, so they cut their lessons and Tomas Chacon put a Twitter and an Instagram. And, you know, it's just it's a sad moment for me because I really, really was cheering for him because everyone kept going against the fact that he's so tiny. That he can't be physical, and I was like, "Dude, this kid plays in a Uruguayan league." I was like, "He's, he's gonna get bloodied up regardless where he, you know, he's 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 a tough kid, and he's a skilled player." I mean, the the four two preseason game that's the only game that we really really saw much action from him. He had a goal, and he had an, and I think he had two assists, maybe. Um, so yeah. And so, and you know, it, it's just one of those things where you're like, "There's the potential there," and I'm hoping that. He's able to find um, another place. There's rumors of Benyarol being interested in him, and though as much as I think that would be good, I just, you know, don't, I, I just think there's better options out there for him. But we'll see what he does. He's it'd be, it'd be he's a good a, place for him to get better, more, uh, more looks to maybe move on to whatever the next thing is. Yeah, the problem is when he was playing at Liverpool FC, uh, is that he was just a substitute, mm-hmm. right? Um, that team had enough uh, attacking power that was either injured or on the men's that when he did play, he was playing just to his role was not secure, right? Like he yeah. knew he was going to come and he and he's done some like wonderful things for that team coming off the bench. And I think, um, you know, hopefully he'll be able to do that. I mean, he is a former U20 call up for the Uruguayan national team, and I'm hoping he finds his form and I'm hoping we get to see him somewhere else, you know. But that's right. you know, I, I, I did write him a haiku. Um, I don't know if people saw, people did see the haiku, but but um, it's just one of those things where like you know it's 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 just sad, but like at the same time you're like you know like the fact that me and we've been talking about haikus and haikus are a way to do that. So my haiku goes: being chaconista means setting free your mate. Chacon is unbound. That's that.
pretty good. I, you know, it, it, it really ahead, sucks considering all the hype that it got. Um, That's I where mean, I was going to go. I was in the press box when it was announced. They had the the cardboard cutout cone head uh, on a stick. Rod, do you need cone on a stick? No. So Andy Greeter was going to uh, raffle off his his stick. Oh. And so I got into the bidding war with him and I said, look, I was like, I was like, I'll um, I said, I'll cook you Lomo Santado and we can exchange that for that stick. And he was thinking about it. And then uh, one of the photographers who uh, does uh, um, stuff for SB Nation, last name Stefan, I think it's Stefan, right? He's yeah. he's a big Chacon fan. He's got a, taken a lot of Chacon pictures. He was uh, kind of offering me. And eventually what we agreed upon is I will give Stefan some uh, so Lomo <laughs> in exchange for a collage poster size of Chacon pictures. Uh. I, I I was I mean, thinking more of I, I was thinking of all the like the asalos with all the Uruguayan community and like they brought him in and they you know had like an entire cow that they had slaughtered and were barbecuing and you know there there were like a couple of those I think yeah yeah I mean just just so much hype and so much like excitement about all the things that he would be able to do and that they could um, you know how mutually beneficial the whole thing would be. Uh, on the field and just in the community and then to have it be like oh yeah we're just not going to give them minutes you know what we'll loan them out uh you know what we'll just buy them out forget it it's yeah it's like a failed effort um at growing in that way completely and it sucks because people are going to remember that right in uruguay like that that doesn't go unnoticed and oh, that's yeah. that's what concerns me just that you know not even out of even outside of Uruguay, this this could be a comable thing. Well, you remember what they did to Charcot? Remember what happened there? Oh, when when they first loaned him down to Liverpool, those were a lot of the comments. Like you're right. you're making such big hype about bringing this kid in uh, to your league, to your team, and then you loan him back to a club back home. Uh, you know, sell him or keep him. Right. Like what? Oh, he's, I, he's I think the the. The hype was was well deserved because I think he he's, he's shown flashes of being a, a smart kid and a good player, um, but I, I think the thing is is that uh, when you sign a young player, you need to have a support system. By support system, I mean you need to have a developmental um, aspect or like idea of what you're going to do in order to make this kid develop. And unfortunately, when Chacon got signed here, there was none of that. Like right, there was no. And he just got tossed out there with no yep. like, like sure he didn't look great, but what what position did you put him in in yep. in order to you know make him look good? I mean, it's uh, very very good. I point. mean, I would have loved to see Chacon play goalkeeper in one of the preseason games just to be able <laughs> to see. Um, but no, I it, it, you're right. I mean, that's the thing. It's like there was no plan for development or concrete plan for development, and if by development you meant just training at practice and playing against the the 11 the starting 11 i mean that's not really a fair way to assess somebody's development right and i think that's that's probably one of the things that didn't and he was never loaned out i mean i'm sure that I'm, I'm sure as much as it is minnesota united's fault it also has to do some stuff with chacon's state of mind right he was 18 when he came here to a frozen tundra he was given he was uh, the uruguayan community 
literally offered to have him sleep at someone's house for training sessions so he can get acclimated to the culture so he can have people that culturally can relate to and have that experience and therefore make that connection even tighter um and i and i don't know whether it's mls regulations or minnesota's own regulations but that wasn't an option that was explored and i think that's that's where the disconnection began right and for me at least that's a disconnection began that there wasn't anything out there right i mean why wouldn't you want to send this young kid specifically if you're having outreach community to youth players have one of the youngest guys go out there i mean freddie does it right why don't we have the uruguayan guy who speaks spanish go out there and t- talk to other kids about you know his experience as a player who who was the other cat the uruguayo that that was the defender that they they hung out together what was his name oh aha yes yeah oh i remember hearing stories about that cat before he was side where he was just like pounding like asado just like all the fat and cheese and beer and other illegal substances completely overweight out of shape and then gets called into trade and makes the team it's like all right, MLS. All right, Minnesota. Here we go. Well, I mean, uh, how, you I know, mean, he they, might have been needed, slow. They needed a body back there. <laughs> like, he bodied some folks back there, and he yeah. wouldn't back down from a fight. And I was oh, like, I'm sure, I'm sure he got in shape, but it was like leading up to it from certain sources that we know he was very out of shape because this one person in particular actually I mean, hung out with him in Uruguay. <laughs> When you're when you're playing fullback, you're not necessarily going to be the guy who runs a marathon, you know, right. after your training. Um, he was, he was the, the brick wall defender, like box, like box mm-hmm. is body amount. Um, yeah. that did make it funny to see the two of them hanging out together. Like two what? totally different football I mean, players. Yeah. Chacon also had the greatest hair in yep. like Minnesota MLS history. Right. Ooh, that's, ooh, that's, I said that's MLS. A, I said MLS. I didn't say overall. I said MLS. I know that's 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 still a big one there though. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I I think so. I mean, in like, in like in all the pictures. At RSC like, spoken word. No, yeah, go tweet at me. Like I care. Like I care. Anyways, you know, you know, like the Daves, you know, like the Daves, just you know, download, don't follow, right? You know. Uh, well. Um, the, to end the love fest, unless you have any other things to say. No, I mean, he embraced everything that was thrown in the aspect of it. Like, I, um, when the whole black uh, coalition happened, the black players coalition happened, and the Black Lives Matter movement uh, reached a MLS level, right? He was embraced doing that. He was seen wearing the shirts. He was here being venerated, while other players were not, right? I mean, and I think that's one of the things, like, he, that, 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 that exposed them to a lot of different learning opportunities. And I'm hoping he's a better person for it. I personally, uh, and I'm sure Nubia is going to kill me when I do this, but I will bring a sign every once in a while when when, when the she season starts. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I no, it's either a t- TQM uh, hashtag free check on or uh, or just being yo soy chaconista in the aspect of it. We'll see which one it is, which one will be. You know, and TQM it stands for Te Quiero Mucho. That's the shorthand put, for that. Put it in the universe, bombing down the left side, uh, crossing in, pass back, shoots, scores for Goyazi Sporty Clube, sends them to Libertadores. Yeah, That's we'll see I'm if that happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, in more uh, MNUFC news, they are in Orlando. Yes, I was double-checking double here. They're in Orlando doing their training. They actually played 
uh, a friendly apparently yesterday against Chicago Fire and then coming up on Wednesday, February 3rd, they're playing Orlando City. Uh, we're not going to have any news, I really don't think. that There's no media or anything for any of these. Is that right, Bridget? Um, no. Well, there some of the teams are able to do streams, the teams that are listed as home. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, we're not we're not going to get a stream. Um, there was Heath did speak to the media after yesterday's game, mm-hmm. which was a, a zero zero draw. Um, big takeaway from that one was no players were injured. That was kind of the. <laughs> I mean, that's that's important. I mean, it is yeah. right. It's compared to last season, Look, right? You, no one got hurt. What, what you've gotten out of this game, and no one was injured. So. Um, <laughs> But they got, you know, they have like five, six, seven trialists, something like that. Oh, who, that's, who that's, time, so. that's going to be the preseason game, right? Which trialist are we going trialist. to oh, yeah. get behind, right? No, yes. but I, I think Kevin Gucci played left back, I think, at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Gasper is out right now with the, uh, like a remaining knock from offseason. Mm. So they're, oh, they're taking it okay. slow with a few guys. Okay. So. Yeah, so the kids, I mean, uh, I th- the kids got some time. Yeah, so I mean, I, it was good to be able to see like Rosales out there, or just see pictures of them, right? Um, and a bunch of other players just giving. McMaster finally getting some time now that he's yeah. healthy now. So, so Hansen. there's some praise for McMaster Hansen, you know, and I think that's cool, and I, I'm looking forward to that. Um, um, and and we'll see. I mean, I can't wait till uh, these. South African kid comes into play. <laughs> I want, I want, I, I can't wait. And uh, yeah, you guys are going to have to cut and copy some of the social media stuff once that happens to keep me in the loop. I, I, I want to see some of that. I, I'm yeah. interested to see what, what the discourse turns into. Cause now it's every time they post anything, it's, but where's Bongo? <laughs> where, where is he? Wes actually got in on that yesterday. Admin, where is the photo of Bongo? Awesome. Uh, but uh, so we'll see what the interactions are once he eventually shows up. Uh, mm-hmm. They think he'll be able to join. Uh, he had, I think, his uh, visa interview a couple days ago. Um, so there's a chance he'll still be able to join them in Orlando before before they come home for the next phase of training. Yep. Yeah, and that next phase, thank you for that transition, Bridget. Uh, they head to Portland on February 10th where they're going to do that little tournament with uh, – Oh, Portland and, and who else is in there? I can't remember. There's a team from Scandinavia, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, is there? I think so. Last year it was a Vancouver, I think it was the other team, but I don't know if it's the same team again. But I could have sworn I I don't have it in front of yeah, me right now. Usually, but it's usually a couple of Cascadia, and then you know, yeah, I don't have it in front of me either. Yeah. No, but regardless, I mean, we'll hopefully I we'll get it. streams from those games, right? I mean, I think those ones will be, yeah, because I think Portland was pretty good about some of the other stuff right and so like but it i mean in other minnesota united news you know the watches keep on um keep 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 us keep us going right i mean um rumors and i think there's an article that i read uh from paraguay talking about new boys and velez couldn't agree uh uh um, couldn't agree on money so that 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 um venture pretty much failed and it looks like uh, Minnesota United could be heading in the right direction of bringing back Luis Amarilla, which I think would be really interesting because this is probably the most forwards we've ever had on a roster. 
and I'm looking forward to just yeah I mean I'm looking forward to see what all this other stuff will be in that sense right and um but uh Kevin uh, Ariaga uh will be uh will be playing right against uh the United States in uh, the heated frozen tundra of Minnesota. Uh, um, and it will be an interesting because he really had a really nice header against um, the Canada that almost went in. Right. And he seems to be like a sharp kid. And I think uh, more than anything, if he comes in, he'll probably come in as a mix of a six of an eight uh, and then giving us some support in that, in that midfield that we need. Um, specifically for what we have currently, right? And I think that's that's really you know where where, where things are laying at. We get these two, two to three players or point two three two three 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 infinite, um, 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 and then and we'll see where where we start with the with the off season. And I think one of the great things is that if Luis Amarillo does come, he does not have the pressure, though. Even though some some supporters might want. The 22 goals that he still owes them. Um, I, I was going to say he's probably not going to come in this time and promise a certain number of goals. <laughs> he, w- he will enter quietly this time around. Right, and he won't have the pressure to do that. Right, like he'll exactly. be just another. Uh, he'll be a player who plays his role, and I think his role will be vital. Yeah. I mean, your yeah. two strikers at that point, to be honest with you, would be Luis Amarilla and Unu. Right, and so having both of them compete for that spot and have both of them being able to come back and give a different type of change of pace would be really really interesting and um i mean at one point we could play a 4-4-2 if we really wanted to if all our if all our forwards are healthy but that's never going to happen because he doesn't like the 4-4-2 but Who, anyway. who's going to win the battle between uh sexiest loon between if amaria comes back and nico hansen that's going to be an interesting one nico hansen cut his hair yeah yeah and so if, does does it affect yeah, anything yes it, it does it does <laughs> really it does yeah it affects it. Yep, send, I didn't send, send me a photo. how important that hair was until I saw the picture. It, yeah, they import. Okay. Yeah. It's wow. Just, okay. it, something's just not right. I don't know. It's. I would um, say, I would say Luis Amarillo wins, unless unless Reynoso goes back to the golden tips, right? That he had at the beginning of his start. It that looks was, like he's throwing it out again. I wouldn't be surprised. So if he does that, you know, there's a there's a competition there, but more than likely Luis Amarillo would totally, totally win. If 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 Schuler was still on this team, then <laughs> I'd take Schuler any day, baby. Oh my goodness. Nah, I'm going yeah. there. Remember when Schuler had to shave his head for his um, you. Right. duty? Yeah, yeah. And then he was at the stadium and like oh, no on. one could recognize him and go, Who is yeah. that gorgeous who's, man with the peak coat? Walking around in the suit with the crew cut. Oh, yeah. it's red. Um, I, I've got tournament info for you all. It, it is, in fact, uh, Viking from the Elta Serien from Norway. So it's Viking, Minnesota United, Real Salt Lake, and the Timbers in the tournament. Nice. Yep. Wait, we get to yell at David Ochoa again? Oh, that should be fun. Apparently. <laughs> we get the screen. Um, anything else locally? We, we have a pretty heavy international thing here, so we can move on to the next thing unless anybody got something else. All right. Seeing as a no, seeing as some silence, <laughs> we'll take a little break here and uh, hit the international stuff. We got a lot of AFCON and other things as well. Stick around.
Hi, this is Lisa Watch, and no, you must be tuning in because I am definitely not blessing your ears in this podcast. Anyways, back to the Minnesota football show. And welcome back to the Minnesota football show. Uh, we've got a little bit more um, domestic soccer news here before we jump into AFCON. Um, going back to Portland here. Uh, <laughs> NWSL, we've talked about this quite a bit, um, but a new article came out uh, yesterday um, from Just Women's Sports, which is a good outlet. You should follow them, read them if you don't already. But anyway, uh, regarding Sydney Nacello, who is the draft pick um, who was released by Portland before, um, before training even began, uh regarding her well she claims her politics uh knocked her out of nwsl contention um it's a very interesting article i tweeted it out i I, we can retweet it here on on the show twitter Uh, um a couple a couple interesting tidbits uh yeah please please do my favorite bridget play the hits (laughs) there's so many hang on one second here um i've I've got it up if you want me to start yeah go ahead oh this is my favorite all right says quote she said that some of the messages she received on twitter included words that she didn't even recognize uh then this is her quote some quote i had to look them up she said and she went private for protection unquote oh it's just and those words uh all of a sudden my phone's blowing up with notifications on twitter it's all these words like you racist you turf you bigot um they spelled turf wrong here uh, you're not welcome here you're a transphobe you're a homophobe i i don't know how sheltered some people are that they don't understand um fascism and you know what bigotry is uh I mean, she's young. She's in college. Uh, I'm sure she got these views somewhere. Uh, and like I tweeted this morning, I mean, I she is just one example of you know all of these things that we see in the media and on social media all day, every day. Um, the former president that talked again yesterday, and you know all the same stuff. Um, but this whole, I think the biggest thing to point out here is that the closing paragraph of this article. I learned that social media is a scary place. It's a dream that was stripped from me just because I have different political beliefs. And the NWSL is so one-sided in that aspect. I think it's sad and disheartening to see because you can be an advocate for politics, but only if you're on one side. And if you have a voice to the other side, you're not welcome, is the perception I got from the fans, especially in the city of Portland. Maybe in other cities, it's not like that, depending on the politics. If it, is some, that, it is some amazing white privilege, but that, then there's like this sub line or this through line of white privilege, which is the white oppression complex. Yes. And yep. playing the victim. Oh, I am the right. victim. I am the one that's I being oppressed. I am speaking my truth. Why are you? No, your, your exactly. truth is a perception that uh, that doesn't fit for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, I mean, we can go right back to Kaepernick. I mean, he yep. that was not a political statement. He's talking about 
you know, basic human rights that are, mm -hmm. you know, put on display on a political stage. That's where the flag comes in, not, right. you know, the, not the good aspects. Um, if, if we keep making it political, of course, it's going to become political. It doesn't have to be. And no one's saying that your politics are, that you can't talk about your politics, but if your politics are, you know, some of your teammates don't deserve to, to live a normal life, then yeah, your politics are not accepted. Or, or believing in their mass murder as part of your exactly. ideology. Yes, yes. And the whole, she also said, you know, yes, I've liked some things on Twitter. Yes, I've retweeted some things. Apparently that makes me a bad person. I mean, yeah, I, turns out. <laughs> I have, I have a line, likes and retweets do not equal endorsements in my profile because I interact with all sorts of things on Twitter. Oh. But um, that doesn't mean that I'm like pushing them. If I retweet something, I'm, you know, showing that it's, you know, trying to get it to a bigger audience. It's not because I agree. And if you're retweeting something with yes, yes, absolutely, yes, that is you agreeing and that is you, you know, platforming that belief. Right. Um, right. And it's, it's just, it, it never ends. Exhausting. Just, Is that the word you're looking for? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Disheartening too. I, I mean, yeah. one, one thing that, uh, that we've talked a lot about our, to our kids about this, and this has to do with uh, social media, but one thing that my, one of my mentors in social media, um, uh, who, uh, Eric knows Julio Ricardo Varela taught me back in the early days of social media, it's like the internet is forever. <laughs> so so whenever, whenever I go and try to post my feelings on the internet, I always have that thing flashing in front of my head. The internet is forever because it yeah. is. And so and I mean, uh, once- You're not getting like dropped from this team because you put your beliefs on Twitter. You're dropped because those are your beliefs and you think that they are, that you have the right to have this opinion of, you know, things that aren't an opinion. We can go back to the meme. You can disagree on what you put on your pizza, but you can't right. disagree about human rights. Totally different thing. Um, and it's not, I mean, say she didn't have Twitter, but that was the only thing that, same exact situation, but she doesn't have Twitter. At some point, she's going to be talking to her teammates in the locker room or talking to the media, and those same beliefs are going to come out. So don't blame social media. I mean, they just, all they did was find things that you said, um, thoughts that came from you, agreements that came from you. you. You don't get to blame social media for these problems. It's it's just simply your platform. Yeah, um, that's well said. Yeah, it's it's just ridiculous anyway and, in other really portland thorn news um lindsey horan is oh, now yeah. an olympic lyon player and okay. loaned out for the year i'm really cool. happy for lindsey one of the one of my favorite players to to watch play on on any turf um so that should be interesting though still barcelona still a top team but you know i will see what the well, let's 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 jump some international stuff here. Let's do these quickly here. I'm going to throw them all out, and then you guys can kind of fill in the blanks here. This is not confirmed, but it seems like you all are pretty confident. Frank Lampard to Everton, uh, Luis Diaz, Liverpool, and then we'll separate and do the Manchester United mess scandal that's going on there. But let's let's look at this 
Lampard and Luis Diaz thing really quick. I'll throw it out to you all. Well, I mean, rumors are that our our Minnesota uh, supported uh, movement hashtag Inchi to Everton has once again failed. We must um, whoever is directing this movement needs to reassess their uh, their 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 attacking point. It's just it's not yeah. been successful. It's 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 you know it's been to fruition twice now and has not led to. That led to a good transition of power, um, and uh, Frank Lampard, you know, is a is a is a is a really good candidate, and I and I'd be happy for Everton to get Lampard. I mean, I think Lampard did a good job where he was at Chelsea last time. I think, right, right. I want to say yes. maybe, but like the thing is that you when, when you're a you're a coach at one of those top teams or that really well known team, like the the amount of error that you could make. It's just minuscule. So you go on a losing streak. You know, Goyas is the perfect example. You go on a losing streak, you get fired, right? You go on a winning streak, you get fired, right? <laughs> That's the way Goyas makes everything work. You're about to reach your six month bonus, you get fired, right? I was <laughs> I was muted, but I was laughing very hard. That's so true. <laughs> and so uh, and so I think Lampard it needs an opportunity. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> I think Lampard has the opportunity if if this happens that he has flexibility to be able to do what they what they want, and I think that Everton might be better for it for that. So, um, yeah. How about how about Diaz Liverpool? Uh, Colombian Luis Diaz uh, officially signed with Liverpool, and so I don't know how much Bridget knows about Luis Diaz, but Luis Diaz is a good winger. He a, he is a threat on the wing, and a lot of defenders, except if you're Peruvian, uh, can really can't really uh, stop him that well. Just contain him. Uh, but if you're a Corso or Abraham who likes to use their body and elbows to knock people down, you're pretty good at, at containing Luis Diaz. So, all right, um, Bridget, I'll, I'll let you. <laughs> sorry, sorry to throw you from one mess into another, but. Uh... <laughs> you want to talk a little bit about what's happening at Manchester United with uh, Greenwood? Uh, yeah, so <laughs> Mason Greenwood, a video came out um, yesterday of his girlfriend or wife. I don't know the status of their relationship, to be honest. Um, but she films uh, him verbally abusing her uh, and she her face is bloodied up and she's covered in bruises. Um, and it would seem she posted this with like a comment, like this is what Mason Greenwood is really like um, because everyone, you know, loves him as a, as an athlete, and a, you know, a big team premier league star. Uh, he of course denies, you know, the usual, it's not what it looks like. Um, the club has basically suspended him from the team pending investigation. He's not able to train or play. No comment from the team yet. Obviously, they're they're looking into things, but uh, more and more things keep coming out. Yep. And as you, as we've seen in the past, I mean, once if you're filming something like this and putting it out, it means that it's it's not the first time this has yep. obviously been going mm -hmm. on for quite a while. Um, and I would, I'm willing to bet that she is not the only one. So 
it's uh, yeah. another yeah. kind of disgusting situation and happens to yeah. be uh, a teammate of Ronaldo. So, you know. Right, right. Oh, there's that layer. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, Bridget, I didn't, I didn't see that happy condition. story. We, Bridget can't do any more of this. This heavy stuff. Yeah, <laughs> no. The next one's got to be a good one. Happy one. Yeah. So then, so the thing is too is that he was arrested by the uh, the uh, the Manchester police. So he's under arrest currently. So we'll yeah. see how this far this goes, and hopefully it goes further than than other things have gone. But we know just, we. We talked last week about Rubinho finally being charged and he's going to prison for nine years. And, and hopefully that is some kind of a precedent or at the very least, it's got the, the one that rhymes with Aldo, like nervous. There, ahead, at Bridget. least in the comments that I've seen so far, I mean, there, there are still the people who are like, we'll hear him out both sides, you know, the, the usual crap that we see every time this happens. Um, but there's also a lot of comments from like parents of kids who are on the academy team who are saying, please, like, actually do something about this because these kids are learning from the first team about what it right. means to be a man, what it means Ugh. to be an athlete. Right. Um, there was a mother who commented, like, I can only teach my son so much about how to be a man in society. I need the club that he plays for to to show that you know, these things are not accepted, whether you are a talented athlete making millions of dollars or you're just, you know, another another guy like around the city. That's uh, powerful. So I, I have a little hope that they'll actually maybe listen to all the people who are, who are saying this yeah. um, and not get bogged down again in the, oh, two sides, you know, what did she say? What did... What happened before this? Um, mm -hmm. you know, all the usual stuff that we hear when these things come up. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Let's let's hop to Afcon. There's a lot going on even as we speak. Um, but just to uh, go back in time a little bit as these knockout rounds started, we began with uh, on the 23rd we had Burkina Faso and Gabon. Uh, they both played to a 1-1 a draw. Gabon gets this last minute stoppage time, uh, actually an own goal. Uh, which which led to the I, I love all the backflip celebrations. There's just so many backflips in this tournament. So the 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 opposing keeper is way down, like for this PK, and the, like backflips his way back to his goal. It was pretty awesome. Um, but nonetheless, uh, goes all the way to penalties, and Burkina Faso wins. Um, I'll, I'll come back to them again. There for people that may or may not know, there there was a uh, very right wing military coup d'état in that country, and well, I'll just say it now, as one as can be expected, uh, since we love our, our our sports and politics intersection on this show, the regime is of course using the the progress and the goodwill through this football team as a as a propaganda piece essentially for them being you know the the dear leaders as it were. Oh, look look what we did. This is happening because of us, right? So. You know, everything gets tainted. It's it's sick and it sucks. Um, in the other match, enormous upset. Uh, Nigeria, who was the only team to get through to the knockout rounds with all three wins, nine points, gets beat by Tunisia, who barely snuck in with three points as a third place team. Um, so that was a that was a big one that I did not see coming. Um, my my homie from uh, Kenya was over yesterday, and we were we were talking about that one. He couldn't believe it either. Uh, so anyway, Tunisia moves on, 
and Burkina Faso move on from, from those. Uh, the following day, we had Guinea and Gambia. Gambia takes that one, 1-0. One there were three red cards. Oh, this I'll do the next one too. And then Cameroon beats our, our friends Comoros. Uh, two to one, not a huge surprise. Comoros actually had put up a really good fight in this one. And uh, once they pulled that goal back, it was a little too little too late. They only had like 10 minutes to try and score an equalizer. It just didn't happen. But they, they, they made Cameroon work. They did. Uh, narrative here is there were three red cards in both of those two games. So they were flying all over the place. Um, and of course, the, the big tragedy here is as after that match, um, there were... Oh, how'd it work? Eight fans died in a stampede uh, where 38 people were injured right outside the, the stadium, um, which is terrible and sad. Uh, the, the quote here is the African Federation is currently investigating the situation, trying to get more detail on what happened. We're in constant communication with Cameroon and the local organizing committee, unquote. Um, this comes on top of during the tournament, 17 people dying in a nightclub situation as well so just just kind of some darkness around the tournament not to mention the COVID things we've talked about as well uh and, and while initially they they were requiring vaccines and trying to be somewhat good about it knowing of course that there's such a small small percentage of people that are fully vaccinated not just in Cameroon but the entire continent I think at one point maybe, maybe I think it started before these knockout rounds they just kind of said you know screw it we're just going to let everybody come in so yeah, that led to, I'm sure, some an uptick in, in uh, infections and then also these stampede situations that can occur, which which sucks. So we send our uh, send our condolences to the families because that that's no fun. That sucks. Um, moving on, on the 25th, we had Senegal and Cap Verde and Senegal took care of that one 2-0. Uh, and this, oh yeah, this is the one with a whole bunch of red cards as well. Uh, you had two red cards in a half an hour, including I saw this brutal studs up on the ankle and, and, and then the Cabo Verde actually loses their goalkeeper, just absolutely, you know, WWE clotheslining a player, no question whatsoever. So they had to like, I think one of the defenders put on the gloves and, you know, at that point, Senegal, I think they'd scored one. It was really easy to get the second one. So there's your final there. Senegal moves on. Morocco and Malawi played, and that is a two-to-one win for Morocco. Uh, but the goal from Malawi, the one they score, was is just this blast from about the midfield line that is just a spectacular bomb. Thunder bastard, as Wes would say. Just a great, great goal. Uh, but nonetheless, Morocco and Senegal are your two moving on from there. And then finally, you had uh, Ivory Coast and Egypt which was a, a nil-nil draw, but a really, really interesting game, at least in the highlights. Like, a lot of offense on both sides, as you can imagine. I just put big shots, big saves, very entertaining nil-nil. And it goes all the way to penalties, and Egypt actually knocks out Ivory Coast on penalties. And then another one, Mali and our other uh, Cinderella with some, some hesitancy considering the political situation that we talked about last week on the show, Equatorial Guinea. Um, again, it's a nil-nil draw, and they go all the way to penalties. This game was long. Like, this game was over two hours, and it just kept going and going and going. Equatorial Guinea pull it off somehow. They win on PKs. Wow. 
So they are going to the quarterfinals and in fact, play later on today. So Egypt and Equatorial Guinea. So your quarters are, um, and I'll, I have a couple updates here as well, but um, Burkina Faso and Tunisia, and then Gambia and Cameroon, and then Senegal, Equatorial Guinea, and uh, Egypt and Morocco. So yesterday we got kicked, we got started off on our quarterfinals. Cameroon beats Gambia 2-0. So for those of you that put uh, the hosts in the semis or possibly into the final, good on you. I know it's, it's kind of a tradition that tends to continue. And then Burkina Faso and Tunisia played. Burkina Faso wins that one 1-0. So as you can imagine, the coup government party is even bigger, <laughs> sadly. Uh, Cameroon and Burkina Faso in the semifinals. And this one just happened, just wrapped. We had a very long match here as well, Egypt and Morocco. Uh, they were tied 1-1 at extra time. Uh, Bridget's uh, Mo Salah scores uh, along with uh, Buffal from Morocco actually scored really early in the seventh minute. And then Trezeguet, he's Real Madrid, I think, right? I'm not mistaken. I believe so, yeah. So in stoppage time, he gets one to make it Egypt 2-1 in the final there. So Egypt is moving on to the semifinals. And then in about an hour, we've got uh, Senegal and Equatorial Guinea. So we'll see if the Cinderella story can continue. It'd be pretty amazing if, if that team were able to beat Senegal. I don't necessarily see it happening, but I didn't really think they were going to beat Mali either. So who knows? It'll be interesting. And that's kind of where we are. So by this time next week, we'll be set up for our final in AFCON. So that'll be fun to cover and, and see what's happening. Okay, friends, let's jump to, we had a whole bunch of World Cup qualifying. Let's let's start with, uh, with Conmebol, where we'd like to spend a little bit of time. Um, Ecuador and Brazil played to a 1-1 draw, but that's not even the story. The narrative God. in this match, go ahead. That was a fun game. God. Well, but it, it's it's the, the arbitral, right? It's it's the, right. the Colombian it, referee, Vilma Roldan, who completely steals the show. Right. And just like, what, what's Colombian, right? Who's Colombian, right? Colombian, Colombian. Yeah. He's like, you know what? This is about me. <laughs> Spotlight on the referee, please. Okay. So this, this guy was, take, This was the most MLS after dark comable game <laughs> I've seen probably, I don't bananas. know, in the last six months. That was just, it was just bananas. And, and it's one of those that the, Brazil's already qualified and Ecuador is likely going to qualify. So it's, it's kind of a meaningless match in some respects, but just to watch the, the referee completely turn it into this shit show was, was something incredible. There were four VAR calls and an old boy, uh, Rodan, he overturned every single one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just an amazing thing to contemplate and say. Uh, and and I, I had to go back and watch the highlights and just laugh because – you know, Allison really got lucky. There were a couple that were even I was watching. Was like, okay. well, the punch out, there, the punch out one was was crazy. There, yes, there was one that that was actually like, okay, I can see that. But yeah, he had two red cards rescinded. Right? right. How many times you can get a red card rescinded? I was like, I, I was like, wow. <laughs> that, that first one, record too. The first one was probably the closest one he could have gotten that should have been a red card because he. I don't know if he missed the ball when he was trying to dive punch it, but he still hit the guy like, in the face. Bonk. Yep. <laughs> He's just like knocked him. It was like yep. super punch. Poof. Yep. Yep. Um, but then the one that was amazing too was that like 
was it, okay. It was the, was the the Colombian keeper was after the first Allison. I'm trying to get the right. Yep. Line, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he got a red so, card, right? Well, he didn't at first. That's the that's the amazing thing. Yeah. Uh, Dominguez is the keeper for Ecuador. Like he steps on Cunha's neck basically, and it oh, the Minnesota bad. football show. The Minnesota football show <laughs> tweeted a link to the video as well as still images. So it the Ecuadorian keeper is coming out because it's coming out because there's going to be, you know, he's coming into the box and he clears the ball. Right. Mm -hmm. But then extends his foot yep. and then it hits the, <laughs> the Brazilian player on the neck. Square in the neck. Like yep. that's like at first I was like, what happened? And then I looked at it. It's like, oh, and he didn't fake it. I was like, well, that he had blood on his neck. He, I was just it's just <laughs> one of those things where like. And so Rodan doesn't call it as the thing. And I think the line judge is just like, yo, dude, you got you to gotta take a look at this one, my guy. <laughs> please, please go to the VAR booth. And good on him for, like, yelling at him because he eventually does give him a red card, but initially did not call it. It was a no call. I mean, that was brutal, like, seconds. literally. Like, I totally yeah. understand you're trying to clear it, but yeah. but at that point, you know, like, either they, you, you, you just clear it and then you extend your foot. It's like, dude. He could have decapitated him literally. Like this, this is such a Conmebol match. Like this is like the yeah, epitome no. of a match. It's like you know, it's it's not even that. But then you go to the uh, what is it? This this the Allison clearing kick, right? Mm -hmm. Where the balls, you know, it's a 50-50 chance of like what's gonna happen. So he goes and he just like jump kicks it, and he keeps his leg extended, and the Ecuadorian players kind of sees that happening and just makes a beeline for knowing that he's going to get hit on the neck and he gets hit. And then originally then he also gets a red card. Number two. <laughs> Number two. <laughs> and it was just crazy. Like that got, got rescinded to a yellow. Yep. But like overall, I mean, this, this game, like, you know, Brazil's was goal was, was garbage. Shit. Like the Brazil's goal was garbage. Like it was just, you know, like hit someone on the belly and walk it in type of thing. But but Ecuador's goal was pretty. Like I like Ecuador's goal. I thought it was yeah. good. And they're fun to watch. I mean, it's just insane. Like everything about this match was out of this world. Um, on the other side, Uruguay beats Paraguay one 0 and Argentina beat Chile two to one. But oh, did you of, see the Chile game though? Oh man, I did not. No, oh, tell me gosh. about it. That that goal by Di Maria. Holy cow! So literally, Di Maria gets the ball passed to him on the right wing. And he's dribbling at uh, at the box, and as soon as he gets right outside of the twenty, he cuts out, it cuts inside, right, and stops. And so like people keep moving, and then he just creates like about eight yards of space, and he just curves it around the keeper. That's like it's magical, just magical. Just the ball, you see the ball speeding, just goes around the keeper. He's, Beautiful he's one goal. of these players where when, when he is on, he is so tricky and yeah. so interesting and so good. And when he is off, he is just dog shit. Just <laughs> yeah. the worst. <laughs> yeah. And this, and there's, this like, is, you know, there's nothing in between. It's like a right. coin toss. No messy, right? No messy for this game. And so, like, it's one of those things where, like, you know, they, they did good. I mean, the, the two goals, the second goal was a rebound goal. Bravo should have handled it better, right? Instead of pushing it right back to the middle where someone just tap it in. Yeah. But you I mean Chile is in a struggling position as they are, right? And I, 
I'm, I'm not saying I'm unhappy about that, but I'm not saying I'm <laughs> extremely elated about that either. So, well, let, let's go back to uh, well, Venezuela had a really big win, four-one over Bolivia. They're they're both kind of in the depths of everything right now too. Yeah. But speaking of Colombians trying to add more drama and 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 uh, the dark arts of Comebol, Rodrigo, Colombia, Peru played. Peru pulled this one off, one nil. But again, the Colombia getting a little nasty. Well, I mean, Colombia has not, like not scored a goal in the what last five games, and it's one of these things where like Falcao is great, but he's also old, and Luis Diaz is great. Say and, the old men on the podcast, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, and then you and then you see and then you see like they they have Quadrado. I mean, they have so many so much offensive power. But it's such a mental aspect of the game for them right now, where they, where like James is holding on the ball too long, they're not looking to, you know, they 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 have all these options, but they didn't really create concrete opportunities to score, right? Uh, I mean, Gallese played lights out, and um, yes, he did. He and, and I mean, he like, there's I think there's one where like Falcao slides into him. And then he still gets up and then gets kicked in the head by Falcao trying to volley the ball. And I was like, you know, and then this is this is where like earlier that day, because it's a Friday and I'm at work and I can't watch it. And this uh, and, and people always ask me where I get the passion for soccer and football. And, you know, the the, the typical answer is my dad and my dad loves football, too. But the true faction is my mother. My mother was one of those that would yell and scream at the TV and be nervous and you know, if she if she was comfortable uh, making uh, sacrificing uh, uh, animals to in order to be able to do that type of thing, she probably would, right? But she she's not, so she she just a different. But she she sends me a WhatsApp message right around two forty five because the game is at three, and I'm at work still. And she goes, "Hey, if you call me on WhatsApp, I'll put my phone." next to the radio so you can listen to the awesome. game while, awesome. while you're working <laughs> and i was like oh i was like i that's that's a throwback to like you know 20 years ago where there was no right, coverage right. you had to like I mean, listen this... on the phone card or whatever and so that's that's the i was being offered to and i was like Great. you know what no um and then at the same time um david gast texts me and he says i don't want you to hate me but I'm going to a Colombian restaurant right now. And I was like, I was like, oh, my first question was where? And then he said Jackson Heights. And then Jackson Heights is probably the best place that I've been to where you can get food. Like it's, it's literally like immigrant alley. Like all you like Colombian food, Peruvian food, Ecuadorian food. I mean, you name it, you can find it there. It's delicious. Um, uh, anyways, but like I was like, I was I was helping my, I went to my dad and I was helping him because we couldn't hear the game. I was just following updates on WhatsApp from my mom and from my friends and like I'm helping my dad and my dad's trying to find a pirated stream that only does radio for the first half and then you have to find another pirate stream on YouTube to listen to the second half. And my dad forgot to switch it. So we kept on hearing the repeat of the first. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and we didn't notice we're listening to us we're like doing housework cuz I'm helping him do housework. And all of a sudden, it's, my phone sounds blows, familiar. Yeah, <laughs> my phone blows up, and I was like, "What's going on?" And then I look at it, and it's like, "It's like we scored." I was like, "Wait, what?" And so, yeah. like, I I log I log into I log into and I there's very few well established Peruvian 
sports writers and I'll shout them out now. Like I, Pedro Galindo, who does an amazing job um, for, uh, he's a podcast. He's Canadian. He's part Canadian too. So he does a really good breakdown of, uh, of Canada. So he does a good stuff. Uh, uh, of course, uh, Diego, who we follow and Luis Echegaray, who's uh, with SI or he's got the Golasso podcast. Like those are all like the Peruvians in sports type of thing, like journalists that I follow. Oh my gosh. I saw the repeat of this goal and it was literally what it was. It was a smash and grab and that's what they wanted to do. And this, I don't think Peru has beaten Colombia in Barranquilla in like decades. Long time. Yeah. And what's really important is that a lot of people, uh, and this, this, this might be, uh, Goes, goes out to the Rose Collective and Sarah over there. Um, uh, Orejon has has really not had a good 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 outing in DC United. He's been injured. He's been um, he's been you know he hasn't been been able to get foot in, and his quality has dropped off. And he was one of the better players in 2018 when when Peru went to the World Cup. But to be able to get him that opportunity to hit that ball and put him in as a super sub. And Ospina really had a bad take on that ball. He was already bending one way, and then he saw the ball go the other, and he tried to put a hand in it, and it was the ball was hit perfectly well. And um, and Orejon scores a, a winning the winning goal at the 85th minute, and like literally the bench goes crazy. This was a very physical game. Like it was, it was, was crazy. It, was it him or Flores? They gave it to Flores. Yeah, yeah. Orejon is his name. Yeah. Oh, it isn't Flores. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it is Flores. His nickname is Orejon because usually what he does, he goes like this with his ears. Oh, he's got big ears. there you go. Yeah. That's why they call him Orejon or Orejas. And he scored it, and like he literally dropped to the ground because he's been going through so much adversity, like getting playing time and having you know to do that. I mean, it's it, it's big. It's big three points. Yeah. It's, and well, a very let's talk tight. about that because. That's the big narrative right now. I mean, top three are probably set, but battling for this fourth position and, and then the playoff position, it's very tight, like you said. Peru are comfortable right now. They're in the green, 20 points. Uruguay right behind them, 19 in the playoff spot. And then Colombia not far behind at 17. And, and, there, and there's three matches left here, by the way, in qualification. So zooming in on Peru just because Rodrigo is here. And, and I, I'm kind of tied into this whole narrative now, too. I think it's really interesting. So... Really big match on Tuesday, Peru and Ecuador for right. both teams, for both teams. But then, but even if that's a loss or a tie, what the, I think the biggest one is probably going to Uruguay. That's on Thursday, March 24th. And then you finish it out, Peru, Paraguay. So I guess the question for you is six points will probably do it. Seven would be better. I mean, how are you feeling? How's this going to pan out? It's going to it's going to come down to the wire, though. I mean, it, do you know, Comebol qualifying always comes down to the wire, and like um, whether whether Peru is in the hunt for fourth or fifth place, I f- I feel confident in the aspect of it that the whole thing about this last three games is just accumulate points. Whether that's three points, whether that's one point, you know, as long as it isn't zero points, that's what you want to try to do. And I think that's what it is. I mean, you look at Colombia. Colombia has to play Argentina, right? That's not going to pan too likely for them unless they somehow change their formation, change their point of attack, you know, whatever else that they need in order to be able to score goals. I mean, I don't think Colombia has not qualified for a World Cup in what? I don't know. 
20 years, right? I mean, I can't Sounds last right. time. I, I mean, yeah, 94, they were there. I mean, yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's, they're pretty they consistent. Have, they're very consistent. So, like, that's usually one of those things. So, so there's a lot of pressure in Colombia to do it. I think Uruguay. They're, they're kind of in a similar situation, though, because after Argentina, they've got Bolivia and Venezuela, which are probably two, we would assume, two wins there. So, right. You would assume, but knows? the way that they're playing, you would they assume. can't score. And the way that Venezuela and Bolivia, like, are, yeah. uh, they can be very sneaky teams, um, depending on where they're playing them. Are they playing them in Barranquilla? I forget. Oh, uh, one of them has to be away. I sure. Think, so. I, can, I can look here. I had it just pulled up. Yeah, it's, it's going to be it's going to be wild. Uruguay ride. is in the same position. I mean, Uruguay, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and it's it's going to be it's it's you know someone's going to be heartbroken, and, right. and, um, and hopefully it's not you. <laughs> hopefully it's not me. Though I'll take I'll take fifth place in a playoff and just you know because as as as, as we've seen Peruvians in the playoffs, they take it super seriously. You know, we'll make sure that you stay in the wrong hotel. And we make sure that we fly airplanes over your building and we make sure that we set fireworks every 30 minutes in front of your hotel room. Yep, so. yep. Well, let's jump to CONCACAF because that's going down today. Uh, but, but to back up, uh, we had Jamaica lose to Mexico 2-1. Uh, to one Oh, my God. Jamaica. That game was nuts. Yeah? I didn't get a chance to see it. I know there were late goals, right? Wasn't it Jamaica scored first? So, so uh, our famous friend um, Lowe, right? Mm -hmm. Um Gets a red card for stepping on a Mexican's ankle. Um, MNUFC superstar. Hashtag never forget. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he gets sent out. So then Jamaica's playing with 10 men. And then on a corner, um, on a corner set piece, the ball comes back out. And then um, number eight for Jamaica scores. And they're up one nothing, probably like in the 60th minute. Do you not know what Mexican Twitter was like at that moment? Oh, yikes. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. And Imagine. and it was like I was like, and Nubi and I were, we were we tuned into that game, and then we're like, oh my gosh, we are not changing the channel because and I'm getting the popcorn because if one of the greatest joys in soccer, well not news but like commentator commentators is like watching the Mexican media eat someone alive after a game. It's like <laughs> the best telenovela ever, and I'm yeah. here thinking, Tata. Loses this game, it's over, right? It's over, because he was he already like tried to after the Canada game. I think he tried to uh, put in his resignation today. If you guys want me to quit, I'll quit. But if you don't believe in what I'm doing, blah blah blah, right? So like he already knows that he's on um, uh, he's not on the highest ground. But like literally, you know. And then um, the substitutions that came in, uh, and then in the 80th minute, I mean, like all all Mexico started doing instead of crossing the ball over. I was like, you're going to try to jump taller players than you? Come on. I mean, like, you know, don't stop crossing the ball. Dribble it into the box and then try to cross. Or, 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 and that's what I did. And they scored two goals literally in three minutes. And then they coasted wow. all the way out. I mean, it was like, if that was a game that saved your job, that's probably it. I mean, wow, that was crazy. So, um, U.S., in uh, Columbus, I believe that's where they were. They, they beat El Salvador 1-0. Not not the most convincing of, of matches, but, you know, you uh, got to take the points to stay in the race, as it were. Right. Yeah. Um, Canada, still currently in first place in, in qualification. Very impressive performance in Honduras without uh, Davies. 2-0 uh, over Honduras. And then... Yeah, Davies, and then the, they, go ahead. He has a heart condition, right, because of COVID, right? Something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. The There's a... 
I don't know where it is, but but Davis was streaming his reactions to the goals. Yeah, I heard about Men in Blazers. Pretty awesome. Oh, oh God, that was that was beautiful. Uh, he's, got, but he's got a few. Future in commentating and yeah no no, uh, Tajin Buchanan is extremely underrated I think on this Canadian team and I think that having a false Davies gives him the the ability to be able to step in and shine. There are some things that he needs to work on more. Uh, he likes to be individual, an individualistic in some sort of sense, but when he does it, it works, right? I mean, the first goal was an own goal. Sure, the the the, the player was trying to clear it, but at the same time, if Tage McKenna doesn't, doesn't do the step over three times in a row and, t- and, and crosses that ball in, you don't even have that chance. I mean, I think that's great. But that second goal, oh my gosh, the Canadian second goal. Oh, uh, Sombrerito over the keeper, chipping the keeper from like 20 yards out. Beautiful. They play with so much swagger and so much fire. It's, it's really fun to watch right. this team. And, and, and to think that it's Canada is still kind of a trip that right. they're, they're it, doing what they're doing. Yeah, right. And if you want a good assessments uh, more about what's going on with the Canadian team, you know, David Gass does some things too with his, his own podcast. But so Peter Galindo are always, always good, good people to look like. If you want to get a good glimpse of what's going on with Canadian soccer, that's, that's, I recommend people to follow that. But I mean, this big game against the USA coming up. Hold on, today. pause, pause, pause. Let's, let's do that in a sec. I wanted to just mention Costa Rica, 1 0 over Panama. And the, and the interesting thing there is, uh, the the battle for that playoff spot against Comebol tightens up to just two points between oh. Panama and Costa Rica, so that so, makes it interesting. All right, go ahead, take it. No, no, here. I was gonna say this. So because it's it's uh, if you ever have a chance to listen to a commentators telling a game, always choose Spanish because there's oh, always yeah. some sort of like uh, swagger about it. In this Costa Rica game, um, the announcer kept referring to Francisco Calvo as El Gringo Calvo throughout ah, the whole funny. match. <laughs> and me and my, and my family were just laughing at the whole thing to refer to him as El Gringo Calvo. And I think when 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 that was happening, it was, it, it was just funny. But yes, go back to the upcoming games that we have today, right? Today, yeah, it's the big one. You already mentioned it. Um, in uh, Hamilton, which is not too far from Toronto or a suburb of Toronto, uh, hosting the U.S. one and two, which is kind of a weird thing to say, not including Mexico in there. Uh, two o'clock, it's on Telemundo on the Rabbit Ears. I'm gonna have to make adjustments because right now with the way it's set up, I can't get Telemundo unless I like pull it off and put it in a different different location. That's what you got kids um, for. Yep, you got it. Uh, big match. I mean, what's, what's that, Bridget? That's what you got kids for. You. Yep. <laughs> yes. Move, Move to the right. Move to the right here. here. Here, I have a chair for you. Hop on the chair. Okay. That's right. Hold that position for 45 minutes. Because that was us like 30 years ago in Peru. Right, exactly. Right, doing really. that. I remember um, having to climb my grandpa's roof, go to the yep. sotea, my grandpa's roof, and, my, and then be like, move the big metal rod antenna to a little bit to yep. the left. Okay. I remember now, my uncle being like, go, go get more uh, aluminum foil. Go exactly. Get more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So that, that's happening today. And then Wednesday, obviously, the one here in St. Paul at Allianz Field, uh, U.S. hosting Honduras in ridiculously cold conditions. Which one of these games is more important? I'll, let me ask you guys this. I mean, this big one and two battle or getting it done in St. Paul? I think going into Canada, you are the, you are the underdog. I think... If anything, Canada is in is in a, is at a good moment. They actually have a number nine that's actually scoring. Uh, they don't, and they seem to be having fun and being it. And plus, like 
we've seen them play on turf and this is going to be cold turf right i mean they don't have heated turf or nothing like that right it's like you know like you know it, it's going to be a tough game and if the united states come away with a point here i i think it's a, it's a big win um um i think for them the big game is going to be St. Paul for me. I think this game is, is a game that you have to show up. You know, it's not the greatest conditions. You know, there's conversations that the game should be canceled and probably, right, you know, with the weather and the, and the wind chill and everything, um, this game is going to be, um, if people aren't playing in parkas by the end of the game, I don't, I don't, I don't know, you know. Uh, but St. Paul, I mean, we already seen pictures of what the grass looks like with snow on the seats, and it looks amazing. Right. Green oasis in the middle yes. of the yeah. Right. Right. And I think we know that 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 the uh that that's heated field, and we saw what happened in Columbus with the heated field. It, it looked decent. Um, and I think that's probably the best situation for them for them to play in, right? And we understand the reasoning of um, you know, the United States opting to be able to play in these two not so frequent locations that they usually play in, right? I mean, it has to do not only with the time zone and the European players. But also, they don't want you know if it was if this play in DC or if this play in LA. I mean, the fans from Honduras and El Salvador would be coming out by the thousands, right? It would look like the Peru and and Colombia uh, game. That stadium was full. It felt like or, or anytime Mexico is in LA, basically. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bridget, do you agree there with uh, Rodrigo's analysis? Yeah, I mean, I think. When you have a, a one and two really close situation like that, especially with a team like Canada that's just been charging ahead, and they're they're on all the momentum's on their side right now. Um, in terms of positioning, I think that's that's going to be a big one. Uh, but then I I feel like with Honduras, it's going to be more of a prove to yourself that you can that you can finish that job. And uh, I think that's that's three points that they really need, you know, as points, but also just um, kind of mental preparation for moving forward after that game. Because mm-hmm. it's not it's not getting any easier as they go through this. They've got, they've, what, three or four, three of the five are remaining, I think, are, and, and to that point, my concern is that this could kind of backfire, like doing all this cold weather stuff. If they get some really bad injuries to the cold, that, yeah, that could be very that turf, bad. That turf today is going to be icy and hard, mm-hmm. and it's not going to be a good situation. Right. Um, grass at Allianz is obviously going to be a little bit better, but like we've got like a negative – 30 wind chill or something exactly for that night which is like frostbite within 10 minutes exactly uh, and then you're you're out there playing in the middle of it uh i've also seen a few arguments for some of these like premier league teams or, or the bigger money clubs um that are probably regretting not writing something into those players contracts when they get released for international duty about uh you know, playing in conditions like this. Um, That's interesting. So it'll be interesting to see if they have a contingency plan for that. I mean, obviously Canada is going to go ahead um, as scheduled today. They're, they're ready to go, but um, we'll see what happens. And, yeah. and maybe 
handing out today. We'll see what happens uh, for Wednesday. But. Correct. Correct. Um, you, you all know, and listeners as well, I've, I've, I've as, like uh, Dave uh, Zeller, who's been driving the, uh, the Heath out train since its inception. I've been driving the abolish CONCACAF train since its inception. I probably actually created the whole thing. And it was really interesting listening to Roger Bennett from, from Men in Blazers uh, saying a lot of the things that I say. I'm like, wow, I, I think I'm in Roger's head because he was talking about he really wants to believe in this team and obviously he really wants the U.S. to, to go to the cup and win the cup and do as well as they can. But he's just like, we never know how good we are until we're actually at the World Cup because this conference is such a joke. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And he's right. It's like when you pull a one nil against El Salvador, what does that mean? Um, you know what Canada's obviously doing really well, but it's like, there's just not a good enough assessment of the level of competition and competency, unless you're playing in Argentina, unless you're playing a Brazil or even a Bolivia or a Venezuela, it, it, it means something different in terms of, in terms of an assessment, I guess, if that makes any sense. And, you know, that's, that's the shit that I say all the time. So to hear it from him with his huge platform, I was like, all right, get him, Roger. <laughs> get him. I mean, get him with the abolished like, cock cuff. <laughs> yeah, it's just like with any, any league where you, you think maybe you're doing really well and then you play a friendly with the team for, from a different a whole different league or a different continent and you realize it's a completely different game and that exactly. you know it's it's the same thing i think it's uh this team i think has the advantage just because so many of these guys are playing um overseas and 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 playing to that same right that we same we would like to believe that <laughs> right i mean yeah i mean we don't Obviously, it, it seems like they should bring that um, bring that level to these games with them. But then you might also realize that they weren't bringing that level. They're just kind of you know riding the coattails there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting in in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, qualifying is one thing, and playing in Qatar in twenty twenty two going to be a whole different deal. So right, right, right. Yeah, um, interesting. Jumping to another confederation, to the Asian Confederation, they're doing their qualification as well. Uh, you had South Korea over Lebanon, Iran over Iraq, one nil. Sorry, South Korea one over Lebanon, one nil over Lebanon, Iran one nil over Iraq, and uh, United Emirates go two nil over Syria in the Group A, and then Group B, Australia four nil, big one over Vietnam, Japan go two nil over China, and Saudi Arabia one nil over Oman. So your standings there are. Iran in first with 19, South Korea in second with 17. Uh, UAE have the playoff spot at nine. And then in group B, Saudi Arabia in one with 19, Japan in two with 15, and Australia in a more comfortable playoff spot with 14 there. So let's see how how that pans out as well. Africa is getting ready for theirs. And there's a lot of overlap between the Africa Cup of Nations and what's happening here, plus a couple surprises. So Egypt and Senegal are going to play. Cameroon versus Algeria, who were knocked out right away there in AFCON. Uh, Ghana also knocked out with Nigeria, also gone. Uh, DR Congo didn't even qualify, (laughs) are going against Morocco, and then Mali and Tunisia. So see how that all pans out as well. Uh, The last thing I've really got is, because all the international competitions are like layering on top of each other all the time, 
Club World Cup, we've mentioned before, that's going to get started this week as well. Uh, your represent, representatives are um, Al Jazeera there, there in, in uh, Qatar are hosting. You've got A.S. Pirai from, I think that's pronouncing Pirai, Pirai from Tahiti. Uh, Al Hilal are going from AFC. Al Ahi from uh, African Confederation from Egypt. Monterrey from CONCACAF from Mexico. And then Palmeiras from Comebol who won Libertadores. And then Chelsea obviously won Champions League in UEFA. Uh, Al Jazeera and Pirai or Pirai, they're the first match on Thursday. And that, that, thing, that thing moves fast. It starts Thursday and by next week it'll be over. So we'll see. Um, I don't know. The, the, the high probability here is that Palmeiras and Chelsea are probably going to play for it. And that could be a really interesting match with Palmeiras' offense versus Chelsea's defense midfield battle. You know, stranger things have happened. It could be the it could be Monterey or, you know, a surprise from Allah or something like that, too. So, I don't know. But we shall see. Esteemed colleagues, anything else to uh, add to wrap this thing up? Um, do, we, do we want something uh, to end, end, end this episode with? Can you give it to Bridget? She needs a palate cleanser. Um, okay, hold on. <laughs> this might be a little, little raunchy attempt of fundraising, but... Um, a club, a youth club in Sacramento, I believe they go by the name of, uh, what is it? Uh, Natomas Football Academy did a, a fundraiser to uh, it in, in time for Valentine's Day with a, uh, what is it called? Like a love doctor type of uh, uh sponsorship right with uh and apparently the parents didn't like it because with links they were saying you know they were selling the the page read less than three weeks until valentine support not Thomas football academy by purchasing your seized candy and pure romance gifts here each fundraiser that we do keeps us working towards our goal of keeping our fees low so everyone plays soccer but pretty much the link Sorry. from what they're saying is uh they were selling adult uh toys and so, ah, amazing. <laughs> and after, and after uh, parents objected to such fundraising, that you know the club eventually had to take down the links. But we are all for uh, support of um, sex work is good. You know, like it's it's Minneapolis viable. City. If you're listening, yeah, put them in. Smitten kitten. Let's go. Right. Love doctor. All of it. Put it onto as a fundraiser because we need that. <laughs> and and I, I don't think there's nothing wrong with this. I mean, like the fact that maybe, you know, the the parents of the youth club might not be, but like if it's going to offset, you know, the $80,000 of club fees that you have to pay for it, I mean, I'm all for it. Kids, as long as the kids aren't going like door to door with these things and being like, <laughs> like to buy. I can't wait. <laughs> Could you imagine oh, that at the club foods? Don't worry about it. It's That's a whole, new, a whole new vibe <laughs> to trick-or-treating. Yeah. A whole new meaning of do it for the kids, right? A whole new meaning to do it for the kids, right? Very good. That that's the way to close it. Nicely done, Rodrigo. Very good. Uh, all right. Thank you both. Thank you, listeners. Uh, thanks, Rodrigo and Bridget, and all of you. Uh, Patreon.com backslash MN Football Show. Get some fun cuts from here. Some outtakes like we normally do, and uh, we'll have lots to 
basically had a wrap up next week. We'll wrap AFCON. We'll have more qualifying stuff here and uh, some preseason stuff maybe certainly come in and all that other. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I'm sure there's more. <laughs> all right. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you all later.